Well, hey, welcome everyone to a new episode of Movies and Brews, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm your host, Jordan, and sitting here next to me is my excellent co-host, Daniel. Hello, hello. So today we're going to be talking about the new film, Green Book, starring Viggo Mortensen. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's go to the South. Cheers. Cheers. All right, well, so today we're going to be doing things just a little bit different. We're going to do some brief movie news. We're going to talk about some Golden Globe nominations that have come out in the last week. We're going to play a little bit of a game. So before we get into some movie news here, let's talk about what we're drinking. This week was Daniel's week to bring something. Daniel, what did you bring for Drink and Tell? All right, well, this week I brought uh, one of my, like, my favorite winter ale from one of my favorite breweries is Elysian, and I think they're located in Eugene, Oregon. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Jordan. I was actually wrong. Elysian is from Seattle, Washington, not Eugene, Oregon. I don't know which one's from Eugene, but anyway, not the point. Uh, Elysian, we're sorry. We love your beer. Uh, Please don't be mad but they're from Seattle. And Bifrost is the name of the beer. It's alcohol percentage 8.3, and we're feeling free because this stuff is heavy hitting. It's honestly, I'd recommend it if you're snowed in for a couple days because it's awesome. Yeah, this is definitely a good one to have in your fridge here, especially during the wintertime. Yeah, uh, this is probably one of my favorite of the winter ales out there too. It just is delicious and definitely fills you up. For sure. And like Daniel says, a little bit of, was it, 8%? And uh, we're, we're feeling good right now. Yeah, uh, it's got Amarillo and Magnum hops inside of it. Cool. Well, yeah, I would say anywhere, any store that has it available, pick it up for sure. Definitely recommend it. All right, well, let's move on here and get into some movie news. Take it away, Daniel. All right, well, uh, today in movie news, I have a couple quick things. Uh, Amy Adams thinks she's out of the DC universe. And from what I read is it's she, it was an interview. Someone asked her if she was in or out and she just kind of gave, she thinks she's out, but no one has told her whether she actually is or not. I think she just kind of is assuming since uh, the person who played Clark Kent is not going to be in any more movies. And think since she's kind of like the other side of that coin, she doesn't think that she's going to be in it either. Yeah. Nah, she's, she's some focus on other stuff. She's a great actress. Uh, and especially without Henry in the picture anymore, she just needs to move on and go to do other stuff. That's she, what I, She's better than this. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think uh, if it's folding in on stuff, then yeah, if, she, if she's out, then good. She still has a lot of good movies. She's uh, coming up in The Vice. So uh, I, at least she's doing other stuff instead of just waiting on that. Um, all right, next bit of little movie news is, so Aquaman opened up in China almost uh, like, I think over a full week before it actually opens up in the US, which I thought was kind of weird. Usually it goes US and then foreign market, but uh, they opened it up and Aquaman has already surpassed uh, Wonder Woman's box office overseas within three days. Now, was that three-day to three-day comparison or it overpassed her entire box office over there? It overpassed her entire box office in three days. Holy cow. Yeah. So a lot of uh, either Aquaman fans or Jason Momoa fans over there, it sounds like. Yeah, I think, I mean, as far as I know, I feel like the only property that he's in that would be big enough to warrant that much box office is Game of Thrones. But I'm not sure. I don't actually know. It beat her entire run over there in three days. Yep. That's insane. I mean, that's the thing is uh, trying to like movie stars are still a thing. Like who's in a movie will determine how many people are going to go see it. Still, but doesn't China like China loves the Fast and Furious series. So they would love Gal Gadot. But I I don't know. Which was Wonder Woman just not big over there? I don't remember now. I'm not sure how big it was. I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I still think Wonder Woman's probably still going to be an objectively better movie. I'm not taking this as any indication that Aquaman's going to be better. But we'll see in a few weeks, I guess. We'll see if their second weekend's like if it has a major drop-off. Yeah. And our other last bit of news that I got is they've announced that two sequels to Crazy Rich Asians that came out earlier this year are planned and they're going to be filming them back-to-back. Yeah. Oh, there's a... Is it a trilogy book set that's out there? Yes, I think there's three books in the series, so they're just going to film the other two movies back-to-back in 2020. Um, that'll be cool. I'll look yeah. forward to that. You know, the thing about that is I I, have, I haven't seen the first one yet, but everybody that has told me that they loved it, and I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I just heard that it was just like a really good movie. 
So with filming back-to-back sequels, hopefully there's still going to be the quality in there, but it doesn't, I don't know, I usually they don't have a lot of good examples of movies shot back-to-back. Well, I, now that I'm saying that, I think Lord of the Rings were shot back-to-back. Yeah, they shot them all in like 18 months. <laughs> yep, yep. So, all right, scratch that. Uh, it might be good. Hopefully uh, they're still just as good as the first one, but I also hear that the after the first book, the quality dips down too. So hopefully they can uh, still make these movies good. And I'm Crazy Rich Asians definitely on my watch list that I need to catch up on. Well, that's all I have for movie news. Uh, we were going to record some trailer talks about the new Avengers trailer and some other ones as well, but that ran a little long, so we're going to post that in its own episode, so keep an eye out for that. But now we're going to do a little bit of a special segment for the Golden Globes. That's right. And what we've decided to do with this is... We decided to make a game out of it, so we're going to talk about the main categories a little bit, like the top 12, and as we t- we talk about the nominations, we're each going to take a guess, write them down, and the way the game's going to work, so finalize it, but so far we're saying whoever guesses the most right answers gets to assign the other one a movie of their choice. If I win, Daniel's probably going to watch something like, I don't know, Alien Resurrection or... Hmm, I don't know, I'm looking at the shelf right now. What can I make Daniel watch that he just... Hmm. All I know is uh, if I win and Jordan loses, I'm going to make him watch an anime because he hates anime. Do not. Uh, I like the Animatrix. That scared me as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of that, I could make Daniel watch Edward Scissorhands. I've heard horror stories that when he was a kid, his siblings made him watch it when he was young and he got scared of it. So he probably hasn't watched it since. I can make him watch Edward oh, Scissorhands. I definitely haven't watched it since. It still, like, irks me. I, I'm sure I could handle it, but I just don't want to. I don't care. But, so, yeah, that'll be if one of us wins. So we, we haven't decided. So if we both lose, like, or let's say we have, we're both completely wrong, like none of us get anything right, then we're going to go see a, a really bad movie and review on it. So that'll be a fun episode, a little bonus episode for you. Otherwise, yeah, we haven't decided what's going to happen if we tie. For now, let's talk about the uh, nominations, though. You got your list out? Uh, yes. We're going to start with Best Motion Picture Drama. And it looks like the nominations they have are A Star is Born, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, and If Beale Street Could Talk. Now, I'm going to say up top, I've we saw A Star is Born, Black Panther, and Bohemian Rhapsody. I have not seen Black Klansman or If Beale Street Could Talk. I'm not even sure what that is. I, I'm not sure either, but as far as out of the ones that I have seen... Seen all the rest, but I have no clue what Beale Street Could Talk is. Yeah. As far as... So as far as what I have seen and what I know, so first I guess I'm gonna start out with what I would like to win. Honestly, out of what? Are we allowed to pick uh, the same one? Yeah, I don't see why not. Okay. But, well, maybe. All right, take turns taking the first pick. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we'll just we'll just talk about it and see how much overlap there is. But as far as what I think should win, you know what? I love Bohemian Rhapsody, um, but out of those. Out of that or Star is Born, I do think A Star is Born is overall rounded as a better movie. So I think that's, I honestly, out of what I've seen, I think A Star is Born. However, that's, A Star is Born is what I want to win. What I think is going to win is Black Panther, but I'm gonna put A Star is Born as my pick for best motion picture drama. Final answer. Yeah, especially since I don't see Black Panther. Like, there is drama in Black Panther, but it's still a big blockbuster superhero film. I don't know. So that's my pick for uh, that first category. All right. So for me, I'm definitely picking Star is Born. It just, I don't know, out of all of them, they're all good movies. It's, it's I'm kind of, I'm honestly surprised uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is on there. As much as we liked it a lot, the critics didn't seem to like it as much. So I'm kind of surprised to see that one there. But I definitely say out of those five, my prediction for winning is Star is Born for sure. Yeah. All right. And the next category uh, that I have is Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And the, the nominations were Crazy Rich Asians, The Favorite, Green Book, Mary Poppins Returns, and Vice. Which, what, two of these, three of these haven't even come out yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the favorite might be out now. So, gosh, as far as picking the who might win this, based on what I've seen, uh, I, the only one I've seen is Green Book. Based, and if I have to base the rest off trailers, I don't, I don't know. I guess if... I'm hoping Vice kicks ass. We're, we're going to see that on Christmas. So if it's as good as it looks, I think I'm going to pick that for the winner. Otherwise, I mean, if I had to play it safe, Crazy Rich Asians. Well, I mean, a lot of people really loved that movie. Critics loved it and audience loved it. So I think that is the safe bet. As far as 
what I've seen and what, I mean, yeah, it kind of is hard to predict when two, like a couple of these movies aren't even out. Uh, so I'm just going to go straight for what I want to win. I would say, I mean, spoiler alert, The Green Book, excellent movie. We're going to talk about it a little bit, but I think out of this list, I think The Green Book from what I saw and well, I saw the whole thing. It, I, I want that to win. Like that was amazing. It was a great movie. And I mean, it's just, I'm thinking thinking we should pick different ones. Like, we have to take turns who gets to pick, put their answer down first. I I don't know. Whatever you want to do. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think here. Yeah, let's do it that way. So there's definitely somebody winning and losing. Well, my pick is Green Book. Your pick is Green Book? Yep. And it sounds like your pick was The Vice. Daniel picks Green Book. I'm actually going to go with Crazy Rich Asians just because I know that's going to win. Because... Some of these things are pretty predictable. Yeah, and especially with just the critical success of that whole thing. Like, it was a whole phenomenon, which I was super surprised about. I guess I just had never heard of it. I didn't even know it was a book when it came out, but then everybody just loved it. And it's just, like I said, it's on my it's on my to-do list of things to watch. So you pick first for that one, I'll pick first for the next one. So what's our next category here? Uh, best Director for Motion Picture. And nominees are Adam McKay for Vice, Alfonso Quran for Roma, Bradley Cooper, Star is Born, Peter Farrelly, Green Book, and Spike Lee for Fairly. Black Klansman. What? Fairly. Right. Okay, sorry. Fairly. Peter Fairly. I, I think I, I I've always known him as the Fairly Brothers, so. Okay, so that's what we have for that category. Gosh, so for best director. You know, I, I, I'm going to say, since I get to go first here, I'm going to say Bradley Cooper. Uh, he put his heart and soul into this movie. Work, I mean, he's been working on it for a few years now. I, I don't know, but but then again, he's also... New on the block. New on the block, so maybe they're like, eh, we're not going to give you something quite yet. So, what, what's the list again? Say the list again. Adam McKay for Vice. Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Uh, Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born. Peter Fairley for Green Book and Spike Lee for Black Klansman. I think I'm going to have to go with Adam McKay, uh, director of uh, Blind Spot or Blind Spotting or Train Spotting? Spotlight. Spotlight. Jesus. Spotlight? (laughs) Spotlight, yeah. Two years ago, Spotlight, the one best picture. You mean Moonlight? Spotlight. Spotlight. I don't know Spotlight. Okay. (laughs) But I'm going with him. Um, Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. I want Bradley Cooper to be in the one that wins. I bet giving that he's probably going to you know new kid on the block director wise not so i'm going with adam mckay yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna ride it out again with peter ferrelli because I, I i loved green book great direction i don't know i just think i'm just gonna ride that because i'm really pretty high on this movie still okay <laughs> so i'm just gonna say and that's again it's hard because vice wall that the trailer we've loved it and it oozes like style it's not out yet so we can't tell you whether it's actually going to be a good or not because plenty of people can cut a great trailer for a crappy movie it's true i've been let down before <laughs> yeah all right so i guess uh on to the next category which is best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama and so there's glenn close for oh the- my gosh it wasn't spotlight it was the big short my the gosh. big short oh duh it's oh, in the trailer gosh, yes yes the big short not spotlight gosh okay all right sorry folks sorry about that all right stop your emails we, we fixed it <laughs> anyway so now we have best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama uh, glenn close for the wife lady gaga a star is born melissa mccarthy in can you ever forgive me nicole kidman in destroyer and rose uh, Rosamund Pike, A Private War. Gosh, it's hard because I have not seen like hardly any of these. I know. Essentially, from here on out, I'm just shooting in the dark. But, you know, like this is going to be me arbitrarily picking something. I'm going to go with Rosamund Pike, A Private War. For some fact, of, uh, it's a movie that I high on my list of things to watch. We just didn't have enough time because the like the last, I think it came out in November and it's November jam packed, but it just looked like a really awesome movie and i heard good things about it and i heard that she was amazing in that movie uh let's see here for me gosh the only one i've said i don't even know glenn i don't even know what the wife is with glenn close i don't know i think i think you're probably gonna go with the gaga aren't you that's the only one i've seen so that's the only one yeah you know what i'm going with lady gaga you know that's who i want to win and that's who i'm thinking is gonna win i'm going with lady gaga yeah jordan's always been a little goo goo for gaga damn right so that's a typical pick typical pick from jordan whatever but hey she pulled it together in that movie that's still probably one of my favorite movies all right so now we have 
Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Musical or Comedy. We have Constance Wu in Crazy Rich Asians, Charlize Theron in Tully, Elsie Fisher in Eighth Grade, and Emily Blunt, Mary Poppins, and Olivia Coleman in The Favorite. Oh man, so Best Actress? So again, there's only two movies that have actually come out and only actually i haven't seen any of these movies i know you saw eighth grade though right i saw eighth grade and she was great but again it's kind of like new to the table are they going to give her an oscar your first year out probably not you know Haley joel osman didn't get one for the sixth sense even though he was nominated I mean, he was nominated for an oscar for that movie at age what 11 yeah and then that was all he ever did just yeah. kidding I don't, I don't know he had a few things <laughs> okay all right his last big movie was the entourage movie <laughs> Oh, that's sad. Um, what? Okay, who's going first? Who's picking first this time? Is it me? Is it you? Um, you picked Rosemary Pike first last time, so it's my turn to pick first. All right. Um, I don't know, because like, Blunt looks great in the trailers for Mary Poppins. And she hasn't really put out a bad movie. And same with Olivia Coleman in The Favorite. She, man, this is tough, because the only one I've seen in action so far, uh, outside of trailers, is um, eighth grade, is you know Elsie in eighth grade. Constance Wu. I'm trying to think if I so I'm trying to think if I've heard anything. You know, I heard great things about Crazy Rich Asians, but I don't. I'm trying to think if I heard anybody saying the acting was astounding or anything. Well, I, I heard the movie's good and fun and funny, but I don't know if I heard anything about the acting being amazing. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's safe to assume it was. Cause I heard good things about Charlize Theron too for Tully. Same. And Charlize Theron is a pretty solid actress. Oh, I love her. Um, gosh. I um hmm. I'm gonna go on a limb and just I'm gonna say Charlie Theron. All right, all right. Well, if you're picking Charlie Theron, I'm picking Emily Blunt because she has not put out a bad movie, if ever, but definitely not in the last few years. She's put out a lot of solid films. True. So and she she everything I've seen her in, she's great. And actually, actually, little side note, I found out recently that she was offered the role of Black Widow went for Iron Man 2. Oh, really? But she uh, she couldn't do it because Fox had her tied to like an any movie contract. She just signed with them for like three movies and they made her be in the Jack Black Gulliver's Travel. <laughs> so she could have been Black Widow, but instead she was in a forgettable Jack Black film. So that's too bad, but it, she's done fine. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's better that she wasn't because she's been in a lot of good movies and most actors tied to the Marvel movies haven't been in as many movies just because of their time tight movie schedule yeah and I I'm I love um Scarlett Johansson Johansson. I love Scarlett (laughs) Johansson in that role anyway so that's fine by me yeah anyway I'm just I'm just saying little fun fact that I learned little extra movie news for you guys what's our next category here all right uh Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in any motion picture. So, uh, we have Amy Adams in Vice, Claire Foy in First Man, Emma Stone, The Favorite, Rachel Weisz, Weiss, The Favorite again, and Regina King, If Beetle Street Could Talk. If Beetle Street Could Talk, it might tell me what the hell that movie is. Right. So I've never heard of it. No idea either. So this is Best Actress in Supporting Role here. And again, it seems... Okay. So, if it's my pick this time around, I'm just going to say Claire Foy and First Man because she was excellent in that movie. And that movie was awesome, period. Yeah, uh, that we have a we no have a best picture for that movie. Which is kind of surprising. A little surprising. Which means, yeah, Damien Chazelle didn't get nominated for a director. A little surprised by that, but... Yeah, no Gosling either, but... Still, at least Claire Foy, you know, at least it got something. Yeah, so I'm going to choose her because that movie was great. And uh, just so you know, that is, uh, I think, our one of our first episodes. So go and check out our review on that. Shameless plug. As far as me, love Emma Stone. Love her. Uh, she's great. Love watching her on screen. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with Amy Adams with this one. I think that's a safe bet. Uh, I think it's a safe bet, too. I mean, that, I mean that's that whole cast for The Vice is stacked anyway. At the, at the very least, uh, this just looks like it's going to win altogether for acting this movie based on the trailer if it doesn't get nominations for best video and director it's at least going to win for all the actors it just looks like that kind of movie are we on to the next category we're kind of all over yeah i don't know what list you have because like all right we haven't done actor in a drama yet so we got a few open ones still well that's that's the one we got next okay best performance by an actor in a in a motion picture drama there you go jordan Ask and you shall receive. We have Bradley Cooper in A Star Is Born, John David Washington in Black Klansman, Lucas Hedges in Boy Erased, Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody, William Defoe at Eternity's Gate. My turn to go first? Yes. 
Rami Malik. Definitely my choice there, and I'm pretty sure he's going to win. Rami Malik was amazing as Freddie Mercury. Rami Malik for me. Yeah. Okay. I, I was hoping you wouldn't pick that one because that's the one I wanted. Because even with every bad review of I I saw of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, most of them started with besides his performance as Freddie Mercury, I did not like the movie. But like so. And that was the thing. Even, as, as much as, it, as some people wanted a dog in that movie, they couldn't deny how good he was. So that Rami Malik is my choice. So yeah, with the other four, what what do you choose? You know what, then I'm just going to pick the only other movie I've seen on the list that I can vouch for is Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. He was great in that, so who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I think... I think they, You might have this one. I so. don't think they'll give him the, uh, the best picture, but I think they could give him something for being the actor. Yeah. Director-wise, maybe not, but I, I could still see this one best picture, though, so who knows, though? Who knows? But Bradley Cooper... I find it ironic that the... Uh, Golden Globes has different categories for dramas and comedies slash musicals, but directors is just for all. Which so you have ten movies all together, but then only five directors gonna get nominated. It's kind of weird, but whatever. Well, now we have best performance by an actor in a motion picture, music, or comedy. Which kind of surprised, but uh, Christian Bale in Vice, John C. Riley, Stan and Ollie, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Mary Poppins Returns, Robert Redford, Old Man and the Gun, and Vigo. More Tenson in Green Book. Now, the thing I was saying I don't understand is the old man in the gun. I don't see that as a musical or really a comedy. Yeah, I thought that. (laughs) Well, actually, most of these don't look like musical or comedies, but that's always been an awkward category for these things. Um, hmm. You know what? So I'm going to divert a little bit here and I'm going to put my vote for Robert Redford for Old Man and the Gun. Because again, another movie that we did do a review on, but that was great. Like a wholesome little slice of life feeling movie. And it was just a, it was a great movie. So I'm choosing Robert Redford. Daniel's choosing Robert Redford. Let's see. Yeah, for me, Christian Bale for sure. Yeah, Christian Bale. Haven't seen the movie, but I mean, he's... Usually, when you put on pounds for a movie, what just or just an extreme body change, some kind of extreme body change, like did he win for the Machinist? Or I'd have to look that up. I know he was nominated, but I can't remember offhand if he won, so I'd have to look that up. Yeah, but yeah, Christian Bale for sure. I mean, like he looks like Dick Cheney in that trailer. Like it's it's incredible. Yeah, and it's an incredible trailer. All right. Next category is best performance by an actor in a supporting role in any motion picture. So we have Adam Driver in Black Klansman, uh, Marsha Shalal and or Marsha Ali Green Book. I'm so sorry. I I know I screwed that up. And uh, Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Sam Rockwell in Vice and Timothy uh, Chalamet. Beautiful boy. So, apologize in advance. And what are going to be the picks here? I think for me, I'm going Sam Rockwell. God, see you guys. Last year's Oscar winner. Looks amazing as George Bush in the trailer. I'm going Sam Rockwell. <sighs> I really wanted that. Because, yeah, Sammy, Sam Rockwell. He was so good last year. He that he just uh, he blows me away in that trailer with along with Christian Bale. So um, yeah, definitely. Like I said, if this doesn't win anything for best picture and director, it's definitely gonna win for the acting categories. I just feel it. Yeah, because it's stacked. And Sam Rockwell is a scene stealer. He's so good in everything he's in. Um, you still haven't seen The Way Way Back, and he's fantastic in that movie. But so all right, if you're taking Sam Rockwell, um, I'm gonna go for Adam Driver and Black Klansman. Again, haven't seen that movie. Kind of arbitrarily picking, but I like Adam Driver and that movie uh, I think it got some pretty good reviews and it just looked really interesting to me so hopefully uh, hopefully it was good enough to win him something alright so we're just gonna keep moving on best screenplay for a motion picture yeah I think we have three categories left screenplay score and song alright so screenplay we have Adam McKay for Vice Alfonso Cuaron Roma uh, Barry Jenkins If Beale Street Could Talk Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara, the favorite, and Nick Vela- Oh man, <laughs> Nick Villalonga. Three guys for Green Book. Brian Curry and Peter Fairley for Green Book. Whew, wow, that was a lot. All right, I'm just gonna. Mm, I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, what? I'm gonna go Adam McKay for Vice. Dana picks Adam McKay. That was gonna be my choice. So I don't even know what. Uh, let's do a couple of these are. 
You know what? Just to be different, I'm going to go with Alfonso. Can't pronounce the last name for Roma. I don't know. I just... Something different. Something different. Yep, nothing wrong with that. Again, uh, we haven't seen all these movies, so some of these are kind of arbitrary picks, but we're going with them, and we're going to stick with it. So that next we are on to Best Original Score, Motion Picture, Alexandre Desplat, Isle of Dogs, Ludwig Goranson, Black Panther, Marco Botrami, A Quiet Place, Justin Hurwitz, First Man, Mark Shaman, Mary Poppins Returns. Um... Gosh, the one I've actually listened to the most is definitely First Man score. I've listened to that on Spotify. I'm trying to think here. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I'm just gonna go with Justin Hurwitz for First Man. I still to this day have not seen A Quiet Place, but I'm sure. It's, I heard that's nothing but a good movie, and I'm sure the score is great to kind of keep the suspense going. But I'm still gonna go with Justin uh, Hurwitz for First Man. Okay. All right. Solid pick. And yeah, Quiet Place doesn't have much of a score because most, it's more, it's like a modern silent film. So there's a little bit in there, but at least from what I remember, not a ton. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Black Panther score. I mean, it was very cool. It was a very cool score. And to go along with a very cool movie. But, uh, you know, I, I just thought it was really cool. And that movie just, I mean, with the soundtrack of the hip, like hip hop soundtracks with the score, like the kind of like superhero score, I think, I think that would be, that sounds pretty awesome. Okay. So last category we got here. Is that the last one here? Song? Original song? Yes. So I guess I can, I'll read them. So we got... All the stars from Black Panther. Girl in the movies from Dumplin', which... Is that that Jen Branson Netflix movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Reckon for a private war, for a private war, or from a private war. Revelation from Boy Erased, and Shallow from A Star Is Born. To be honest, I'm surprised the Weekend song wasn't nominated for Black Panther, if any song from Black Panther. Yeah. I'm really surprised by that. And that was a cool song. Same. Yeah, no, I... Wait, wait was that the Pray For Me song? Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what this all-star song, all the stars, I don't even know what that is. I'm not sure. Because I thought the Pray For Me song was awesome. I listened to that yeah, that was all on, the time. that was on the radio and everything. I don't know. That's okay. Anyway, uh, shoot, I went first last time. So did you get your first pick? Shallow. Time? Shallow is Star is Born. <laughs> that's the obvious one. That's that's the obvious one. But I remember when we watched it in the theater, that's when I started tearing up. So I'm going to pick that one. Dang it. That is the quintessential Star is Born song. Well, I'm just going to go... Ah, I already lost this one. So I'm just going to say All the Stars for Black Panther. <laughs> Damn, I knew that one's gonna win. That's like a super obvious one. Exactly. All right, is that. You know what? Oh, we got oh. one more category. How could we forget? Best animated. Best motion picture animated. Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mira, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. So, Jordan, what do you wanna win? Well, I would love for Spider Man and the Spider Verse, even though I haven't seen it, to win. I'm, I'm really disappointed I've not seen Isle of Dogs yet. I kept wanting and wanting to see that one, and I just kept putting it off, putting it off. And, yeah. But. See, Incredibles 2 seems like the obvious choice. But they say, wait. But are they gonna go something different? <sighs> yeah. Wes Anderson movie. Well, that's it. Well, Spider-Man. The Isle looks... of Dogs wasn't it like puppets and like stop motion animation? I guess. I guess I think. I guess it's called stop motion animation, but I just never think of that as actual animation. Not at least not like computer animation, like Pixar style of animation. See, it's like oh, Pixar movie. That should be the obvious choice, but I I'm gonna say Isle of Dogs. Yeah, Wes Anderson, Isle of Dogs. I'm going with that. All right. I'm just. This is me going out on limb. Well, kind of because we haven't seen uh, Into the Spider-Verse yet, but I'm super excited. I love the like quirky animation style they went with. I'm just going with that. I really hope it's good. We're definitely going to be seeing that next week. Oh yeah, that's definitely our next movie. Okay, well, I think that wraps it up here. So yeah, these are the nominations for Golden Globe. Pretty cool talking about this. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to award season. Definitely, you know, we're into seeing some good movies out there right now. Yeah, we'll see who wins. All right, well, let's switch gears here and talk about our movie of the week. So this week, we are talking about Green Book, starring Viggo Mortensen, uh, Marshala Ali, I believe I said that right, and Linda Card- Cardellini, directed by Peter uh, Fairley, which 
I gotta say, was completely surprised by. I had no idea that he was directing this at all. Yeah, I've seen the preview several times over the last couple months of going to movies, but never did I know that he was the one directing it. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Peter Fairley, he is mainly known for co-directing movies with his brother Bobby, and they directed this little indie film back in 1994 called Dumb and Dumber, starring Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, which, if you haven't seen that movie yet, uh, what are you doing with your life? Go see it. Yeah, no clue he was directing this. And then his name popped up at the end. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, man. <laughs> that was cool. So, yeah, cool to see him. Um, obviously solo without Bobby, but still pretty cool. Very surprised by that. So, yeah, we're, we'll start just giving our overall thoughts on it. And then we'll move on to likes, dislikes, and on from there. So, I guess I'll start off here. Overall thoughts. I've been seeing this trailer quite a bit. Like, every time we go to the movies, I feel like I see this trailer. So, I've seen the trailer a ton. But, yeah, it looked good. Uh, looked like a good story. I always like I like I'm a fan of period pieces especially I do like um, 60s and 70s era a lot like we've seen some good ones like Old Man the Gun which I guess was late 80s but or yeah. excuse me early 80s but yeah yeah I love you know, but with Bohemian Rhapsody and everything like that recently like I'm a big fan of these period pieces can't wait next year for the new Quentin Tarantino movie which takes place in 1969 Hollywood <sighs> that's gonna be sweet gonna be amazing overall thoughts on this enjoyed it quite a bit i i liked it it looked great uh i going in like again we've seen the trailer several times and it looks solid and i gotta say yeah i liked it i was a fan i loved i guess i think my favorite part of this whole thing was just the chemistry between Viggo mortison and um let's call him mr ali we'll say or tony and the doctor let's just call him tony and the doctor yeah <laughs> i just love the chemistry between them that was my favorite part of the whole thing it was enjoyable it's kind of felt like a buddy movie like not to say buddy cop movie but just you know buddy movie where they, you know they butt heads there's banter in between all throughout but you know they still like each other and respect each other uh but it was it was great to just see their relationship grow because they went from complete strangers and you see their relationship grow throughout the movie and i just enjoyed it all all just that was my favorite part of the whole thing was just watching their relationship um what are your overall thoughts uh my overall thoughts is yeah i mean he said it's a movie it's a movie trailer that we saw every single time but something i want to slip in there and add on to is it's also weird i only saw the one trailer though like i didn't see any other trailers for this movie come out that's all i ever saw was just the one i yeah, another one ever did. Because usually they update the trailers in the movie theaters, but it was still that just that same first trailer that I saw. But going into the movie, like I, um, I was really interested in seeing it. It, like I said, like period piece, great in my book. And I don't know, I really, I really did uh, enjoy watching it. And you're right, it kind of, it does feel like a buddy road trip movie. And I think, yeah, uh, kind of what you put on is like it's how their relationship and their banter was probably the best uh, part of the movie and how they interact with each other because it felt so natural and. Oh, the humor doesn't feel forced which is huge and i think uh just it, it's interesting to see how their relationship goes from a professional re- relationship to a genuine relationship throughout the movie mm-hmm. yeah it was it was just a yeah fun to watch all that stuff so i guess the way we're going to talk about this we're not going to really go like plot by plot detail so we'll give you the overall synopsis is doc is a musician he's a black musician back in the what is this place uh, 1962 i think 62 yeah i think you're right black musician back in 1962 he's on the charts like well no well i mean is he on the radio charts? I don't know. I don't think he's on the radio, but he's a well-known, popular artist. Yeah, he's well-known. Yeah, you know, they're, they're based out of New York City. Both of them live in New York, and he wants to go on tour, so he needs somebody to, t- you know, take him. He wants to go on tour down, eventually end up in the deep south, so he wants a chauffeur that can kind of watch his back for him. So he looks up this guy named... Tony um, Valonga, played by Viggo Mortensen, who is a bouncer at a club, and he's good at what he does. And the, you know, the show opening scene, they show him, you know, doing his thing, kicking somebody out of the club, which was great. I like that scene. Yeah. But yeah, so they go on a trip together, and yeah, I mean, there's back and forth banter all throughout. You know, they they learn things off each other. Doc's trying to help um, Tony become a better person all throughout, and you know, he also, yeah, you know, I forgot to mention that he uh, Tony leaves his wife and two sons behind to go do this for two months. Uh, let's see here. So as far as what I liked about it, uh, we've talked about the back and forth banter. I quite like that. Yeah. I was surprised how funny it was. There was actually some good humor spread throughout. And it was my kind of comedy where it comes natural for the characters. Nothing felt shoehorned in and like a forced joke or anything like that. It just kind of felt like natural for the characters. And that was kind of what was just in the clever writing, you know, just the back and forth banter with them was just good. I enjoyed uh, both both of them uh, as far as the acting goes like Viggo Morrison was great I think it's is it Mahershala Ma, Ma, I can't pronounce his first name for some reason 
Uh, Mr. Ali. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Shirley. Dr. Don Shirley, yeah. I thought he was great, too. I really enjoyed watching him. Even uh, Lin- uh, Linda Cardellini as Dolores, which is uh, Tony's wife. I enjoyed her quite a bit as well, too. Uh, she didn't quite stick out as much as Vigo did and Ali, but uh, still good. I mean, I think that's just to the point of, I mean, like, she's a decently uh, big part of the movie, but she gets a lot less screen time than the other two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just fun watching watching their relationship unfold you know because they start out um you know complete strangers and it was just i just enjoyed watching their relationship grow as the movie went on you know the doc's always trying to teach tony something and tony at the same time is trying to teach him something trying to teach him to be a little more just mellow i guess like there's a great scene where with the kentucky fried chicken yeah that was great where he's like you know just just eat it. And he's like, ah, I don't know. It's all greasy. It's like, come on, just eat it. Come on. I mean, yeah, I know. That was, that was a good part. And then he finally gives in, you know, he just needs to, re- he's Tony's trying to teach him how to relax and not always be so uptight. Yeah. And honestly, like, I think, uh, overall, another thing I really liked is just Tony has a very good character arc from where he starts at the beginning to where he ends up. And yeah. And that was great. And like, I think Don Shirley's like character arc is still noticeable and it's definitely there of his, how he transforms, but it's not as, I, I don't think it's as huge as Tony's. Right. But it's still, I don't know. I still love that. Um, oh, what else was I going to say? Yeah. And I did really like Dolores. She just seemed like a sweetheart in the movie. Just someone who just like really loves her husband. And she's just like, she's waiting on letters from him while he's on tour. And it's, it, she was really great. I loved her character. There's, there's some good scenes there too, with him trying to write a letter to his wife. Like, Apparently, terrible grammar. Like, he didn't really... So, Tony is Italian, right? Yeah. He's Italian. He's, they show his Italian family and everything. Like, his brothers and his father. They show all them. But, yeah, I don't know. He's just not, not that much education, I guess, because his grammar is terrible. Doc, on the other end, has great great grammar. And it, it's funny him, like, teaching him, like, you know what? You see, okay, grab a fresh pad of paper here. Here's what you're going to write to your wife. Tell her this, 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 and this. And he just like, kind of looks at him like, that's good stuff. All right, and, hey, uh, and just starts writing it all down. Yeah. There's some, <laughs> I enjoyed those scenes quite a bit. Yeah, no, that those were like that was a couple of my favorite scenes when he's helping him write the letters. Um, uh, uh, Still talking about likes here, things we liked about the movie. And that can be things that's, you know, scenes and things that stood out. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, the characters, I mean, I love the beginning of the movie. Like it shows Tony in the club that he works at you know like helping people and taking care of people but you know like it starts out with him showing him just like hustling like he's at his job but he's also doing extra things at his job and hustling to make some extra money i mean i love some some big deal guy i don't they don't really tell you who he is they just tell him your name his name and that he he's a guy who's just loaded and he gives a coat check girl his hat and he's like just take care good care of that hat it was a gift from my mother and then tony sees that and he walks over, gives her some more money so he can grab the hat and he throws a big fit that somebody stole his hat and he said he's going to get the whole place shut down and then later that night, Tony shows up. He's like, hey, uh, I found your hat. And he's like, who had it? He's like, no, you don't need to worry about it. I took care of it. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, well, stop calling Mr. So-and-so. You know, he's just like, gives him like, gets him on first name basis. Like, I, I'll take care of you. <laughs> Yeah, so it just shows like he's always in it for the hustle to try and make some extra money. And then it shows that it's not like just for his ego. He's doing it so he can take care of his family. Yeah. Oh, so that was a funny part as far as him earning money for his family. The club, so the club gets shut down for a couple months. Yeah, they say renovations. I, I, okay, so that has to do with him losing the hat though, right? Yeah, I think it's implied that the guy said he's going to shut it down. So he at least has the power to have it shut down for renovations for some arbitrary reason. Probably how it kind of seems like maybe he knows somebody like in the city who's just like, oh, you have to renovate because it's not technically up to code. Yeah, okay. Something like that. Nobody's officially fired. They're just out of work for like two. Two months so tony's gonna make some more work so there's a funny scene where they show him in a, a hot dog eating contest with this guy <laughs> and i love how he pronounced it or um showed his, or how he uh, told his wife about it. he he said he was in the contest he's like yeah that other guy could eat he ate like 24 hot dogs like you wouldn't believe it and she's like wow so that means you lost us 50 dollars huh he's like pulls out a 50 he's like no i ate 26 <laughs> Yeah, hands her the 50. I thought that was a great moment there. That was incredible. I love that that's one of his character. His character attributes is he's always hungry and he eats so much food. I thought that was that was hilarious. <laughs> that was a funny part. He's in the motel, picks the whole pizza out of the box, folds it in half and just starts eating it like a sandwich. Yeah, that was, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, that was hilarious. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, no, that was that was great. I loved that. I don't, I just, I don't. It was just like a really good movie. Um, there were some good scenes in it. I trying to think of some ones that stood out, like, um, you know, just 
their banter in the car was great. The rock scene was great when they um, stop at a gas station. Tony sees a stand with like special shiny marble rocks on it. He sees one laying on the ground, so he bends over, picks it up, and sticks it in his pocket. And Doc won't let him leave until he puts it back. And there's like a whole thing like like what what what, what? like it just I just found it on the ground it's like uh huh it's like go put it back and like he will not let him like pull out and leave until he goes and puts it back. Doc trying to teach him some good life lessons on how to be a better person. I enjoyed that scene though. Yeah, we talked about all the letter writing that he did to his wife it was pretty good. Uh, one scene that stood out to me is part the record company uh when before they embark on their tour, record company like gives them like a lowdown just like tells them how things are supposed to go and they're uh and surely or Doc. Dr. Shirley tells him that, you know, like, you know, some things that he wants him to make sure, like, inspecting, like, the concert halls to make sure that per their contract, they have a Stein, Steinway, Steinway? Uh, Yeah, Steinway. Steinway and Son's uh, piano. That's his piano that he only plays on that piano and in one of the uh in one of the cities he goes in he looks at the piano and it's just like this cruddy old piano and i think it's on like some sort of like university campus or something and he like he looks up like there's like a bunch of garbage stuffed in it and then he's talking to somebody who works there and he's just like hey so i noticed this is in Steinway." he's like well you know who cares like he's like well it's per his contract he needs he only plays on Steinway. He's like, well, I doubt there's one any like on, like there's yeah. no Steinways in yeah, Atlanta. This thing, this thing didn't even look tuned. It was like a piece of crap that had been just standing there on stage for years, not tuned, garbage all over it. Yeah, yeah, and I just love how he's just like, well, you got a couple hours. Come on, get get one here. And the guy's like, I'm not gonna do that. There's probably not even one in the city. He's like, better get your ass moving. <laughs> and eventually, he he's the guy's just like getting his face, so Tony just slaps him in the ear, and he makes him cry. And then it just cuts to the next scene of him playing on a Steinway on the stage. That was pretty great. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I think that was probably one of my favorite moments. But, yeah, I guess that's something that's really cool. It's like, I mean, as much as like how tentative the movie starts, like it kind of shows Tony. I mean, it's kind of like period piece, 1962. Plenty of racism is still alive and well in the U.S. And you know, like it start. This movie starts out with uh, him coming home from work, and uh, there's two uh, black guys who I think they were. I think they were fixing the floor or something. Yeah. Yeah, they were fixing the floor, and like fixing he, his wife was giving them some lemonade to drink for their hard work. And then like when they leave, he go like Tony goes over, picks up the glasses, and throws them in the garbage. And yeah, so I saw some uh, audience reactions to that. So in my screening, it was all people over fifty. I, I think I was the youngest one in the theater. Maybe the couple in front of me was my age. But yeah, it was all people in like their 50s and 60s. So I, I, when he put them in the trash, I heard a couple <gasps> from the audiences around me. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hear. I mean, I only had like five people in mind. And again, I was definitely the youngest one. The closest person to me was probably at least 25 years. So yeah, no. And I'm just like, okay, like this, you know, kind of like a, sh- a sign of the times. Like, you know, but I... You know, and it's so that's his starting point for his character is that's how he feels. Yeah, I, I didn't take him as like a complete racist, but he was a little racy. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, definitely looked down on the black man. So that's where we kind of start with the Tony character. Yeah, and uh, he's still well. He's not like so racist. Like drive a black man around. I shh, not doing that. Never gonna be seen in a car with one, one of those kind of guys. He wasn't like that kind of racist, but he was still a little on the racy side. Yeah, as you saw with the glass scene. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's I think that's a good way to start out his character, and it shows uh, how he develops throughout. So I I liked that starting point for him, and you know, and then it kind of develops because like yeah, it shows that he's not above working for Doctor Shirley. I mean, he's like he because at least I think in his mind he knows that he needs the money, he needs to be able to take care of his family, and it was good money. Mm-hmm. And he's not like so he doesn't have to hustle for it. Like it's a steady job for two months yeah with us say 100 a week is what they offered him but he said make it 125 and i'll do it 125 yeah 125 in expenses so you know pretty good deal especially in 1962 yeah they came back and agreed like all right we'll match you give you half half now half when we get back yeah so that was i thought that was great that's another thing too so like, we'll give you half now half when we get back but in order for you to get your second half he has to be on every single show on time yeah so essentially yeah they give him an advance and make sure make sure he stays motivated which you know i kind of love the uh that aspect of tony's character it's just like he's like he's 
He may be a little on the racy side, obviously just a sign of the times and like part of his character, but he uh, he has a sense of pride and honor. And he even mentions that he's just like, my dad said, whatever you're doing, 100%. If you're working, give it 100%. If you're sleeping, 100%. If you're being a husband, 100%, you know, just give it 100%. Whatever you're doing doesn't matter. If you're eating, eat till you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> or eat pretty, like it's your last that meal. That was a funny dialogue there. <laughs> yeah. And so he he has a sense of pride. He's like, well, I accepted this for this rate and this contract. And like, I'm going to make sure that it's 100% fulfilled. Right. And yeah, he seems like a kind of guy that wants to take care of his family too. Like, he does seem like a family man. Yeah, I... Gosh, there's so many good scenes in this. Uh, I tell you once, so... I don't know. I mean... I'm trying to think how we can are we gonna talk any spoilers at all because we still want to talk about dislikes surprises and biggest standouts yeah so i mean event and we've talked about his story arc as, as his character already grows so eventually yeah he becomes friends with doc here definitely becomes like less racy if any racy at all there's a great moment though where they're driving on the road and they pull up to a traffic light there's two uh, young white kids in the car next to them. They look over and they're kind of just look, surprised looking at their face because they see them in the car together. And, and, t- and everybody's surprised. They're t- unsure every time. Yeah. It's funny. It's like they're looking at him. Tony doesn't even look over and make eye contact with them. He just sticks his hand out the window and then flips him the bird. <laughs> yeah. No, that- and then takes off. I thought that was just great. <laughs> No, I thought that was great, too. And I think that's kind of like something that happens throughout is everybody's confused. Like, why are you driving him around? Why is he not driving you around? And he's just like, I, I work for him. He's Everybody's just like, what? Like, it's like you're speaking a different language. Like, he's my boss. And they're, yeah, well, he was like, yeah, no, he's my boss. And everyone's like, wait, what? You're kidding. Yeah. And I don't know. Where, where do we go from here? I guess we can get into dislikes. Uh, as far as dislikes for this movie go. So, I, I don't know. I, I guess I felt like it was, it's, this is a great movie. Like, I, I enjoyed myself quite a bit with it. But my, I would say dislikes is maybe it felt a, just a tad bit watered down a little bit. It sounds bad because it almost sounds like I want I like I'm almost saying like I want this to be a racier movie but as far as the sign of the times go I guess I want just a little bit more realism to it yeah that makes sense no I'm not saying we need to like go um Django Unchained and just unleash the n-word every five minutes but or two minutes in that movie's case (laughs) yeah and honestly I actually something we talked about before we started recording but I wasn't sure like it seemed like this movie might have been rated R when we looked it up it was PG-13 so I think that kind of shows that it was and I don't know if it was going for that rating to begin with yeah I never even thought about the rating like I guess I went in assuming it was going to be R it felt like a very tame R I guess it just tames the word I guess it was a little more tame than I would like it to have been I don't think it necessarily had to be R but it still felt a little more tamer than it could have been there was good stuff though I really there's not much to complain about this movie I enjoyed watching it quite a bit I enjoyed the characters chemistry on a screen everything from just the writing I thought was good directing I thought was good yeah you know and I think I feel the same way it was like I thought like going in I'm like I thought it was good I mean well it did the movie does a good job about funny parts are funny the heavy parts are heavy and there's some mixed in between there and yeah I thought it was gonna be a little bit I did think it was gonna be a little bit more racy although I think I went in thinking it was gonna be R so I was expecting a little bit more as far as that goes but I mean I still like even without like the severe language and I think you I mean I think you only even hear like the n-word once, which I'm even surprised they can say that in a PG-13 movie. Well, it's probably like F-word. You can only say that once per PG-13, so maybe there's some kind of contract with that. I don't, I don't know. I don't, yeah, we don't know the details I remember hearing that. it at least once in the movie myself. Yeah, so the movie, I think that's one of the best parts about what the movie does well is they don't use the language. Because wh- wh- the- I think the word stuck out the most that it was tamed is when he went to the the first time he went when he got the call that hey your buddy's in trouble and he went to the bar to go find him and those guys were beating him up that still felt tame to me as far as the dialogue goes at least yeah. I feel like the guys beating him up would have been a lot more just harsher and meaner and they didn't seem to be as much yeah so okay but continue sorry I shouldn't have interrupted oh that's okay so um I guess uh, what was I saying I don't know I'm sorry. Oh, uh, hang on. Oh, um, something that like, one of the things that I think the movie does the best is while they don't use a harsh language that you would expect from a movie 
with this sort of subject matter, but the it does such a good job of still showing you the tension between the different races, the different classes, and they make some very good points about like how essentially uh, the people he's playing for a bunch of rich peoples in the South. Like essentially he he tells them he he recognizes that he's they still don't won't treat him as an equal. Like he understands like as soon as he leaves they'll still go around doing what they'd always do, but they get to give themselves a pat on the back because look at how cultured we are. We had a, a black man play piano for us. And, you know, I think that's uh, something that happens throughout history too. Not necessarily like in this exact scenario. It's like people do stuff to just give themselves a pat on the back. It's like, look at us. Look at, look at how great we are. But, you know, like, and that's kind of like, a dumbed down, watered down version, but it's kind of like something interesting that they do address in the movie. And, you know, they do, they just do a good job of treating the subject matter. They show the tension, they show the racism, but still absent of the harsh language. I guess that would be present in the time. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. All right, so so one thing we have not talked about yet is why this movie is called Green Book. So I got to admit, I didn't, going in, I had no idea what the title meant, why they would choose that for the title. I had no idea until we were into the movie yeah no i didn't i didn't realize either like i wasn't sure why they chose that i thought maybe it was like oh maybe that's the name of this guy's diary or something i had no idea what a green book was so it turns out a green book is a book with a list of places like restaurants motels hotels probably parks just places that black people are allowed to go yeah so as far as like certain it i'm sure it was like categorized by cities that's what it looked like i think they showed that and i don't know if the particular book they had was for all of the u.s or just certain states but yeah it was essentially this is where if you're black these are the places you're allowed to go restaurants you're allowed to eat in places you're allowed to sleep so yeah that was like Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had no idea they had those, like specifically a travel guide for something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm like that's something that was surprising. But they they at least they address it like within the first twenty minutes or something of the movie. They they just like oh they like oh here's the green book and then it kind of just like a quick sum summarization of what it means. So you're like oh yeah, it was kind of like an ah uh huh moment for me. Okay, I'm like all right, that makes sense now. Yeah, otherwise I was a little confused. So why don't we go with um, surprises? What were some of the biggest surprises you like? I don't know. Should we just go with like the biggest surprise? Oh, well, I mean, I think we are kind of united on the biggest surprise of the movie is how funny it was. And I mean, for me personally, like the humor is almost 100% just dry humor. And I love that. And it it, was... especially when it's well done. Well, like, and like even at the some of the like, okay, so this, if delivered wrong, this could have been like one of the lamest jokes of the movie. When uh, Tony's talking to Doc here and he's like, can't wait to go to Pittsburgh. He's like, you know what they nickname it? They call it. Pittsburgh. Why? Because the ladies have some good jugs in this town. I thought, like, delivered by someone else the wrong way, it would have been just a stupid, lame joke. But yet somehow it was funny. But what made it funnier, though, a little bit of a spoiler here, is, you, you know, they don't talk about it anymore. Then, like, fast forward, like, I don't know, an hour later in the movie. Yeah, it was, like, towards the end. They're just, way back. They're just kind of laying in a hotel room, um, just kind of, like, trying to fall asleep. And all of a sudden, uh, Tony goes, you know what my biggest disappointment was? And Doc's like, what? He's like, the ladies in Tisburg. They, they wasn't. They didn't live up to it. Like it wasn't true at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Something along that lines. Yeah. It was so, yeah. He sounds like you know total letdown. Total. I didn't notice a difference at all. <laughs> uh, I. <laughs> kind of funny I was, it kind of I don't know why that caught me off guard but it did and I was probably laughing louder than anybody in the theater yeah no I thought that was funny especially like <laughs> I remember in the movie his like Dr. Shirley's response to that was just like Tony that's ridiculous why would they have any other like why would they not be like different than the average like city in the world in America <laughs> and I just I don't know it's just like I like the back and forth just like the outrageous to the tamed and like kind of yeah. to, like the tamed responses and educated responses to something as ridiculous of a statement as that now, this kind of came as a surprise for me too um they show him like tuck his kids in and then the camera follows him he pans around and then he gets in his own bed so the kids are in bunk beds in mom and dad's room <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, if you got a one-bedroom apartment in the Bronx, that's probably, yeah, what makes sense. But, yeah, I don't know. That's just a kind of surprise there, too. Like, they're not in their own room together. Like Yeah, no, that was kind of surprising, too. I mean, like, I guess it, it's... I, yeah, it's like, oh, okay. It's <laughs> like, it shows, like, oh, he, he hustles hard. He just... I mean, they, they're a poor family. Yeah. I, uh, I 
I'd say middle class. That's just what middle class was. I don't know. Would you say poor? I, I feel like I f- okay. Maybe not like dirt, dirt poor, but like low class to like lower middle class at best. Yeah, because I don't. I mean, they don't think they were scraping by, but they were still, let's say, lower mid class. Yeah, yeah. That's at least that's the vibe that I got. Um, they still had TV. Yeah, they still. I mean, everybody had a TV. <laughs> well, sixty-two. If you're poor, probably not. No, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I wasn't around back then. Who knows? Yeah, we've always had a TV. We don't know the struggle. Yeah, we've always had a color TV. Exactly. Yeah, all my life I've had a color TV. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, uh, oh, and what we're, there's one other scene that I thought was kind of surprising. I'm trying to remember when it was. This, okay, so uh, I don't know if this is, goes under her surprise category or not. Should we go into standout moments? Yeah, yeah, I, I think. Got, I got a couple of those to talk about here for standout moments. All right. I'm going to say with standout moments is probably when we're getting into a little bit of spoilery stuff. So be warned that there'll be some spoiler drops probably in this part. Okay. But yeah, first biggest standout moments go. So one scene that stood out was when they were at uh, this really nice place and Doc had to use the restroom and they wouldn't even let him use, you know, he's the guest of honor and they wouldn't let him use the restroom in this place. The guy points outside to this like little tiny outhouse. Like, yeah, no, there you go. You can go use that. And it's just like, a little, you know, it's an outhouse. Yeah, like, that's for the help, essentially. Yeah. And he's just like, what? I can't just take a quick whiz in your bathroom are you serious so tony drives like 20 minutes back to his hotel so he can go use the restroom just to turn around and go back and play for everybody that scene kind of was a big standout moment for me there another one so this these two scenes kind of going together was the whole scene where he's again this is the last show on the tour he's again the guest of honor you know gonna be playing for everybody big dinner beforehand at this cl- country club then and you know big dinner and then he's up to perform and they will not let him sit down and serve him like it's like you gotta go somewhere else like there's a great place down the street go have some food there then come back and play yeah and he's like I can't just I'm the guest of honor I can't just go sit down with my band and eat yeah it's kind of against our regulations like we, we'd love to we're like they're trying to pretend like oh no we totally we oh yeah it makes total sense we'd love to but it's against our regulations so yeah why don't you go down the street there's this great place called the orange something what was that place called like i, I don't, I don't I remember a, oh, i had to catch your name and i forgot yeah no and i think that was kind of what surprised me about that scene is they were even reluctant to even like i thought like i could see them like not wanting to serve them but like they didn't even offer at least not at first they like, didn't even they weren't even offering to just bring him a meal in the coat closet that was his changing room. They weren't even offering that. They're like, no, you can't even eat here. You have to go somewhere else. Well, eventually, yeah. So they're like, well, you can you can go back to your changing room, which was a broom closet, essentially. They're like, you can go back to your changing room. We'll give you a menu and we'll bring you food there. Finally, you know, he doesn't want controversy. He's... And one thing we've seen Doc do all throughout the movie is win everybody's heart with kindness, which, you know, that's good. I, I gave him mad props for that. That's what we all should be doing. <laughs> they show, you know, Tony and Doc talking to the guy and nothing's coming from him. He's like, sorry, you just cannot eat here. So finally, Doc just is like, you know what? Fine. If I can't eat here, then I'm out. Not going to play for you or anything. Goodbye. And he leaves. So that kind of was one of my bigger, more shocker parts, surprised, and standout moments there. Oh, absolutely. Especially, uh, I think uh, before they leave, Dr. Uh, the doc even asks uh, Tony, he's like, what do you want to do, Tony? And then Tony's just like, let's get the hell out of here, man. And so, because he knows that he's not, he technically won't get his advance, at least from the record company, if they don't play the show. But he's just like... They, ne- they never actually touch on that, so we don't actually know if, like, maybe they, we don't know if that actually happened or not, though. Yeah, but uh, I understand, like, I think it sounds like Doc would have the money to compensate him if he wanted to. But I like, I like it how... It sounded like it, yeah. Yeah, but I, did. I don't think that's why he did it. But it just seemed like he's like, yeah, you know what? These guys are being a bunch of jerks. They won't even let you eat here. They don't even want to serve you food. So we're just going to leave and we're going to go down the street. We're just well, gonna... They went to this dive bar down the street, which is um, all black. I, what, I forgot they called it the orange chicken or something like that. Something like it, that. I can't remember it. It had a clever name though. But so they go to that bar. What's kind of, this is kind of funny. Tony walks in. He's the only white guy in there, and they're like, "Are you a cop?" Nah, I'm here with my friend. Anyway, they sit down. There's a piano on a small stage. And after having a drink, Tony talks to Doc into going over there and playing. And he goes over there and plays. And suddenly just starts having a ball. Like the whole place just lights up. Everybody's attention's on him. And the whole place is just full of energy. The rest of the bandmates that had been performing earlier in the night come back on stage. And they start wailing with him. And it's just, that was a really cool scene. I really, really enjoyed that moment there. Same. Oh, so yeah. That, that was one of those standout moments for me. 
Yeah, I think, all right, so in my mind, the biggest standout moment that's just kind of like the biggest, like, revelation, I guess, for, uh, for, I think it's for Tony, and just like how you, in the, as an audience member as well, you find out how Doc views himself and his place in, like, the world but they're uh they're just driving it's pouring down rain and you know tony's just kind of confused like how can you play for all these white people that treat you like crap and then shake your hands and stuff because he's like because he like he says uh tony says to doc he's like i'm blacker than you like i live in new york i live in i live in like the slums like i have a one bedroom apartment with all of my kids and my wife in there you know and he's telling him all this stuff and like and you're living on top of a castle essentially he lives on top of carnegie hall yeah, and like carnegie this hall. huge apartment like with lush like collectible items and Which, stuff geez, that, that's spending now i could even like yeah exactly yeah so he's just like talking all about that and then you know and then he the doc just tells him to pull over and he gets out of the car starts walking away and you know tony's just like comes up and he's like what what i like i'm just saying like this is how it looks like this is how it feels to me and then he's just like uh he says that famous thing yeah well the thing that they show in the trailer too he's just like if i'm not black enough and i'm not wide enough what am i and he tells him like i live up here alone like i have money but i'm alone because white people don't accept me and my own like my own culture my own black people don't accept me because i'm not enough like them and i'm not al- enough like them on both sides so he's just smack dab in the middle all by himself yeah and i thought like because at first you in th- it's strange too because at first you're thinking like well he's you know beating the odds he's which he has but like he must be like a huge celebrity in the black community but like i'm not gonna say they despise him but well, I think a lot of them just don't know him because he plays for only Rich Whitey. Yeah, essentially, like yeah, they he's not on. I don't. They don't think he's on the radio. But he, I don't know. He's like famous enough that people know who he is. And so it's just like you kind of like get like the uh, like how he views himself and how he's just alone. Yeah. And you know, I thought that was like probably the most powerful. And that, that surprised moment. me because I thought I thought going in that he was going to be well known through like just a celebrity essentially, like like they talked about in the movie Little Richard. Like, yeah. You know, black people know him, white people know him, well. Expected, but just you know, but still needs a guy to take him on tour, you know, down to the south because it's a little racier down there. Yeah, but no, like even black people, like it's not so much they despise him, but they he wasn't relatable to them. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part. Yeah, because I mean, even black guys were getting. Um, they're just giving him a bad time for wearing a suit. Like you see that throughout the movie. Yeah, and then same on the other side. People looking at him is like, why is that guy wearing a suit? Yeah, it's just so I I, I really appreciate it. I think that it, was the, it kind of remind me of when Django first comes out wearing that blue outfit. Oh, you can pick out whatever you want. <laughs> that that, that that's what I thought of as that scene when Django first comes out and they're all eyes are on him wearing that. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought to me, that was like the standout moment for me. That was the that was the moment of the movie. that I kind of like hit the hardest and was just like, this is how it is. And so I thought that was I thought that was great. And um, I think yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, but that that that's just the mo- that's just the scene that made the movie for me. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other scenes that stood out, things I liked about it. I think we, we covered a lot of good stuff here. Um, I think the only other scene that stood out and kind of came as a surprise too was Tony gets a call again to go rescue the doc. This time it's to a YMCA. He goes inside and he turns the corner and there's a couple police officers and then they show Doc and this other guy like naked in a shower sitting down chained up to like part of the shower. Yeah. So that was just kind of like a whoa moment there. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised with that too. Like I thought the main controversy, well, the main controversy of the movie is the race relations, but it's, then it throws at you that he's just like, also, yeah, they show him chained up and with, cause they're just in the police. Uh, well, Tony's talking to the police officer. He's like, what, what happened? He's like, oh, the manager caught these two, you know, and then he's just like, but, you know, and Tony's like, I think this also, this is a good part of the movie where Tony, uh, you know, just like, Jesus, dude, like throw him a towel. Like they're just sitting there buck naked. Like you can't even give him a towel. And they're like, we could, but we're not gonna. And it's just like being horrible about it. And, you know, yeah. As far as raciness sticking out, I think that scene of those two cops were, was probably the one that stood out the most. Yeah. And, but yeah, that, that, that kind of caught me off guard. Cause yeah, I, I did not see that coming at all. No. And you know, and it's kind of interesting cause they have that moment. So yeah, yeah. talked about being married too before that. 
That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I know. They, like, it caught me off guard, too. I was kind of surprised. And then they just kind of, like, they resolve the situation. They get him uh, uncuffed. And they leave the YMCA, you know, and he gets back into all his regular clothes. And they just walk out of there. And they don't really... Well, they take him to jail. Not that... No, they don't. It's not that scene? No, they take him to jail when uh, Tony assaults a police Oh, officer. that's right. That's right. I had, it, I had it squished around there. You're right. Yeah. But they, like, walk out of there. And, and Tony's just mad. He's like, Doc, I told you, don't go anywhere without me. He's just like, well, I just didn't think you wanted... This would be the one place that you didn't want to come with, essentially. And I thought I was actually kind of surprised as far as like what you see from Tony's character at that point, that he's just like, look, all right, I work in a club. Like, I get that life's complicated is how he says it in the Mm. movie. So I was kind of interested that that was kind of like one of the things that he's just kind of like, yeah, I I get it. But also, I think that's a good point in the movie that I you kind of like show that, uh, you, I mean, to me, it seemed like Tony is kind of like becoming more aware and more accept, like at that point, like a lot more aware and accepting of uh, the doc as a person himself. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, the doc is also still kind of on guard because he's like, he's like, you don't have to pretend you actually care about me. I know you just need the, you want the paycheck. So it kind of seems like he doesn't really realize that it seems that he's being generally caring for him at that point. And that, I think that's when it starts turning point to what where they both are generally starting to care about each other. Yeah, I think so too. So yeah. Um. Gosh, I think let's uh let's grade this out. We've kind of gone on a little long here. It's kind of a long episode. Apologize. A lot to cover today. Plus our little uh, Golden Globe game. But yeah, let's grade this out here. Uh, I'm gonna say A minus. Uh, again, really good movie. Solid performances. Good writing. Good humor. But again, just a little bit on the um, tame. Tame. Yeah, I think it was a little more tame than I wanted it to be, which took it took me out just a tiny bit as far as it feeling more real, like we were back in 1960. Too. So for that, I'm gonna give it an A minus. Uh, you know, what? I'm I'm just gonna jump in there, say A plus. I I really love this movie. The humor was fantastic. I thought the story was good, and the direction how they take and how they handle everything, I thought was great. Yeah, and it could have been a little bit more heavy. It could have been a little bit less tame, but I think for PG-13, like they did a great job. And you know, I don't know. I, I'm just gonna give an A plus because I really enjoyed this movie a yeah. lot. It's probably. I, this might be top five for me of this year. Top five? I guess we'll find out in a few weeks when we do our best of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I got to say, too, for PG-13, I, this is really solid. Like, I, this is kind of off topic here, but don't like PG-13 that much anymore. Because I feel like a lot of PG-13 movies wish they were R. PG-13 is kind of a weird category. It could either be, it should either be R or it should just take out the stuff that made it 13 to begin with and just make it a good solid PG, PG movie. Yeah, but I, well, I think what you're saying is PG-13 movies seem like they're usually fighting themselves or they want to be R, but they also want to be kids. Yeah, a lot, a lot. That's the thing is a lot of PG-13 movies feel confused these days. Yeah, but this is one that knew exactly what it was doing, knew exactly how it was going to go about it, and they nailed it. Yeah, I, I want to say real quick before we get out of here, I did like the end too when Doc shows up at his door. Yeah, no, that was a great moment. I, I love how everybody's just quiet and stares at him. And then I think his cousin, maybe his brother, just kind of looks at him and is like, oh, well, get this man a plate. Come on, load it up. And then everybody's Make fine. some room. Yeah. It, was, that was good. it was a really good moment there. Yeah. So yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier. Apologize. But yeah, good stuff though. But yeah, I would say check it out. Um, it's doing pretty good. 83% around tomatoes. Made So far it's made $20 million, which is pretty good. $23 million budget. So it's made most of its money back. But yeah, I'd say get out there and support it. It's definitely worth checking out in theaters. And let's see here. I think that about wraps it up. So stay tuned next week. Next week, we will be covering the new animated Spider-Man film. Oh, I'm so excited. I cannot wait for this movie just looks amazing yeah no, no I pun intended i cannot wait yeah amazing <laughs> yeah check us out next week for that well um daniel why don't you tell people where they can find us all right well you can find us at movies underscore brews on instagram and twitter and uh we're essentially on every podcast platform you can think of stitcher apple Podcasts, google play so check us out wherever uh wherever you find your podcasts and we'll uh, talk to you next time cheers cheers, cheers.